Yesterday, Joe Biden released his revised justice reform plan. It's terrible. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, there are two parts of it that I want to talk about. No, I'm not trying to get Trump reelected. But this plan, it needs another revision. Obviously, I wish we could revise the Democratic candidate for president. That's not an option. But he's going to have to go back to the drawing board on this plan. Let me tell you why. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. Listen. I know that I know that Joe Biden is not Bernie, uh, but he's he's also not Elizabeth Warren or Cory Booker or Julian Castro or really any of the leading presidential candidates who have all come out and said openly and clearly that we need to end qualified immunity in this country. It is the starting point of criminal justice reform. It's not the revolutionary end. It's the beginning. It's not radical. Doctors in this country don't have qualified immunity. If they have misconduct on the job, if they have anything in their behavior or work, that is egregious or unethical, they can be sued. And that's all this means, is that currently, American police cannot be sued, cannot be held personally liable or responsible for their actual misconduct, which is preposterous. When we say we need to end qualified immunity, we are literally just talking about police being able to be held responsible for their misconduct. Who is against that? In fact, many leading conservative legal scholars are now openly for ending qualified immunity. Because it's ridiculous. And in 2020, nothing has exposed just how ridiculous it is. Just think for a moment that as it stands today, the man who kneeled on George Floyd's neck cannot be held financially responsible for killing the man. And of course, what he did was gross misconduct. Like, how can he not be held financially responsible for this? And the push to end qualified immunity is centered around one core idea. That American police, in great part, do what they do because they know they won't be held responsible 
Rarely will they ever be held criminally responsible, in great part for two reasons, because the laws are often horrible that protect police, and secondly, because most cities and counties have district attorneys that are close partners with the police and refuse to hold them responsible. And so police normally know in whatever city they're in, and we're changing that with our work with Real Justice, where we've elected bold new district attorneys in Philadelphia and San Francisco and Boston, in Newport News, Virginia, in Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, uh, We are having an election today in Austin, Texas. And all over the country, we've elected the new district attorney of San Antonio because we know you have to have them in place, quality people, who are willing to speak truth to power and hold police responsible. But even then, in all of those places, if you have a good district attorney, but the laws in that city, county, and state are bad, even then it makes holding the police responsible a very difficult thing. So we need city, county, and statewide legislative changes. And one of the big changes we're fighting for is something that actually is not up to the district attorneys. It's not up to local prosecutors. Ending qualified immunity, which can be done state by state, and in some places could perhaps be done on the county level, but it could be overturned by the state and would probably ultimately need to be fought again in the state legislature, is that this is a civil court matter. What we're saying is that victims of police brutality, and not just fatal police brutality, um, victims of sexual misconduct, victims of non-fatal police brutality, but that it's egregious, those victims should be able to sue the police officers for financial uh, recourse, and that they can't is only in place because this entire system bends over backwards to protect American police. It was designed this way. If you've listened to this podcast, you're probably tired of hearing me say it. This system was not designed to give justice, particularly to black and brown people. It was designed to oppress us. And qualified immunity is a part of that. And so qualified immunity is seen by middle-of-the-road criminal justice, legal justice reformers as a starting point, not as some bold, final end point to to our plans or dreams, like it's, it's basic, okay? So Joe Biden released his justice reform plan yesterday, and I'm mindful to know that he didn't write it, okay? He brought together a team of people from his campaign and other campaigns, which is great, okay? I'm, I'm not knocking it. And they released their policy plan that they wrote together 
and missing in that policy plan are two of the single most basic ideas that are really the cornerstones of any serious justice reform plan, the starting points of any justice reform plan. In it, Joe Biden and his team, which I hear through the grapevine, fought for the end of qualified immunity. But Joe Biden's team, and arguably maybe through Joe Biden, we don't know, refused to include it in their policy platform. They will not end qualified immunity, will not fight for it, will not stand for it, will not advocate for the end of qualified immunity, period. It's not in the plan. They didn't want it in the plan. They refused to put it in the plan. Some people argued for it. They refused. It's gross. It's being blasted by moderate sources right now across social media, in several media outlets, that it missed the mark. It's a mistake. And the argument apparently is that Joe Biden is still basically campaigning to win white Republicans. He's not, he didn't create a plan for black folk. Okay, this, this plan was not created with black people in mind. This plan was created with Republicans in mind. And Joe Biden, mind you, was always a super, super moderate Democrat and was a borderline Republican for a lot of his Senate career. And we've already talked about it, including here on the podcast, that he was close friends with some of the single most racist, bigoted members of the Senate, frequently calling them his mentors, including in his own autobiographies. That's not uh, conjecture. And here we are. He was swept into the nomination almost exclusively on the back of black votes in South Carolina and elsewhere. And he refuses to end qualified immunity in his platform. But not only that, he refuses to end the war on drugs. Of course, he is one of the modern architects of the war on drugs and the systems and structures and policies of mass incarceration. He was challenged on that in the primaries, not only by Bernie, who I supported, but but by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Julian Castro and Elizabeth Warren and many others. And struggled to defend it. Of course he did. And so, again, while every other presidential candidate is now for the legalization, this is a starting point again. Is for the legalization of cannabis or marijuana or weed, whatever you want to call it. Mind you, it has literally now been legalized in almost half of the country. And don't make it a California hippie thing. It's been legalized, not just decriminalized. It's been legalized in Colorado and Michigan and in other places all over the country where you can literally just walk right into a store and buy it. It's generating good tax income for those places. There's no spike in crime. 
which is ridiculous and, and not based in science in any way. But Joe Biden's not for that. And that's not a surprise. It's just disappointing. Because, again, someone who sat on that policy committee that he formed, he formed about half a dozen policy teams between people from Bernie's campaign and other campaigns and his campaign. And I am told that they fought for that. Particularly Bernie's people who were on that team fought for a part of the policy to be the legalization of marijuana. And they fought against it and refused to put it in the platform, even though moderate states all over the country are now legalizing it. It was a bridge too far for Joe Biden. And no, I'm not trying to get Donald Trump elected. I loathe Donald Trump with every fiber in my being. He's a monster. I campaigned against him. I obviously fought to elect a candidate that I thought could defeat him. But it's up to us to say when Joe Biden has half-assed something. And this justice reform plan, I wish you could see me, I'm putting air quotes up right now. It's a half-assed plan. And in an attempt to be palatable to Republicans, he has betrayed his core voters. He certainly betrayed young people. He certainly betrayed even most moderate Democrats and has betrayed black people and Latinos and indigenous Americans by giving us a plan that hardly moves the needle. And I mean, I knew we'd be here. It's not a, it's not a big ass surprise that we're here right now. And, and for all the parents who have kids listening, sorry, <laughs> sorry for my language right now. I'm frustrated, obviously. But here we are. And so I want us to hold Joe Biden responsible in any way that we can, hold him accountable, and I want them to go back and improve this plan and improve these policies. The legalization of marijuana in this country is popular. Ending qualified immunity in this country is popular. Stop being on the wrong side of this issue. So you can hope that a certain number of Trump supporters vote for you. Please stop. And let's also stop believing that when he gets into office, he's going to mysteriously change all of these policies. These are his views. Okay, but his actual policies are what he campaigned on. These are the th- his new policy positions that he released, which are better. They were forced on him. And that he refused to have these two anchor ideas, ending qualified immunity and having the legalization of marijuana, cannabis, weed, reefer, whatever you want to call it. It's gross. And he needs to do better. And his team needs to go back to the drawing board. That's all. I just want to keep it real with you. Yes, We'll fight against the election of Donald Trump, but Joe Biden needs to do better. Take care, everybody. 
Hey everybody, I want to tell you about a brand new podcast that I love a lot, and it's not because there's a woman that I love who is the co-host, my dear wife, Ray, but she is co-hosting a brilliant, important, essential podcast called Woke at Work with Dr. Blanca Ruiz. It's an amazing podcast about women of color in the workplace and all of the unique challenges and opportunities and sophistications. And they have brilliant interviews and they unpack the myriad of issues, what it really means to be a woman of color in leadership in the workplace and so much more. You spell it W-O-C at work, W-O-C at work, women of color at work. Search it. It's on all of the platforms now. It's getting amazing reviews, and I want you to check it out. Break it down. Break, 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 break.